Good morning, practice management leaders, and welcome to this week's episode of Practice Management Insights. Practice Management Insights is our new podcast series focusing on the issues and challenges affecting the healthcare industry and provides healthcare leaders the tips, tricks, or techniques for navigating some of them as well. I am your host, Ashley Malone, and we are so glad that you've joined us this week. For today's episode, we have the special treat of talking with our guest, Brandy Musgrave from Fast Track Marketing, where she will share with us tips for helping our staff to sound more professional by developing their phone skills. What a great topic and one that we sometimes don't realize is so important. Brandy, before we get started, would you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and your role with Fast Track Marketing? Absolutely. Well, first, thank you for having me. I am a little bit more seasoned in ophthalmology. I've been in ophthalmology um, marketing and consulting for 21 years. Ten of those years I worked in a practice, so I know what everyone goes through on a day-to-day basis. And then the last 11 years, I've been with Fast Track Marketing, helping a variety of different practices and um, working through their struggles and figuring out what issues they're having and how we're going to reach those goals that they have. So thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Since you work with so many different kinds of practices now with Fast Track, um, I bet you actually hear about a lot of different challenges. There's probably a wide range. Yes, very much. I would imagine. <laughs> um, is this one of the reasons why Fast Track created the phone skills training for clients? Is that kind of what where it, that was born from? Absolutely. Everything that we have brought into Fast Track Marketing is, has been built or um, put together Um, based off of problems that we've found within practices. And the phone skills training um, is exactly one of those issues. We we knew that um, uh, when leads were coming in on those phone calls, they were being lost. Or people that were scheduling for appointments, they weren't getting the service that they needed. So we developed a program to help practices. That's great. I love it when um, solutions come out of real problems. So you're able to really kind of craft that message and, you know, so many of us are dealing with those issues. Yes. So um, tell us, what are some of the reasons a practice may want to invest in phone skills training for their employees? Well, I think first and foremost, if you're looking to grow your practice, you want to make sure your phones are top notch. Um, That is the lifeblood of your practice. That's the first impression to your practice. It can make um, a patient either decide to come with you and, and have their procedure, have their appointment, or they can choose to go somewhere else based off of that one phone call. Uh, and, and a lot of times what we find um, is that uh, people are busy. When the, the people who are answering the phones, they're busy. And then those phone calls are being left unanswered. They're going to voicemail or they're being put into a phone tree and people are getting frustrated. They're not able to find what they're looking for and they end up just hanging up and, and uh, going to the next search on this on uh, on Google to find find their needs. That's a good point. Sometimes when patients are calling our office, we think that they're very intentionally they they'll do anything because they want us so bad. You know, they'll wait 20 minutes. They'll be ignored. That's not the case. It's not the case. <laughs> Especially when you are a LASIK practice, I would imagine, yes. or if you're offering some kind of advanced technology where, you know, there's money involved. I would imagine that there's, they still care about customer service. You need to have that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have an elective procedure, you need to make sure you're on top of that because if you're not, there's no reason that that person has to choose you. 
they can choose a lot of other practices that are out there. And I think one thing that practices, uh, they don't necessarily understand is that to make a phone call, that's a big decision for a patient or a prospective patient. Yeah. They've gone through a lot of fact finding to even get to that point. Yeah. And so you really have to treat that with, oh, this is gold. I need to do what I need to, to make sure that I'm answering questions, yeah. um, listening to the, the individual, making sure that I'm understanding what they're looking for and guiding them in that right direction. Absolutely. I think it's a really good reminder. Um, in my in my previous LASIK world, the some of the research at the time, this is a long time ago, but it was showing that patient LASIK patients tend to take between like seven years before they decide to have LASIK. It's Think crazy. about that. Yeah. Yeah. They've been thinking about this for like five to seven years. Oh, absolutely. And then you blew it. Because, you know, <laughs> you were mean or your front staff was too stressed. Or, or you put them on hold forever. Yeah. Because you're dealing with someone else that's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's um, that's a really good reminder, actually. Um, I know that there's other reasons for skills training because I think the more that you rehearse and the more that you go through and provide the tools that we need, you know, talk to us a little bit about how that helps. I know that you can deal with angry patients. Angry patients, you, you're going to have those. You're going to have people that, I mean, we just went through COVID and people don't want to deal with wearing their masks or, or um, adhering to whatever the COVID protocols are. Um, you're going to have people that are just upset with maybe the service that they had or just a bad, bad result. Um, you're going to have people that, you know, they waited too long to see the doctor. And in order to truly um, be able to help that person, you have to take a step back. Number one, keep your tone calm. You don't want to, you don't want to have that raised voice. Don't, don't match them. Don't, you know, you want to make sure that you are in control of, of the situation. Um, you know, make sure that you're understanding. That's the first thing is listen to what they're talking about. Make them feel as if they're heard. That's the first rule. And then the second, you know, if you're not able to make them happy, I always say, make sure you give your staff the authority to give little incentives, like, you know, gift cards, maybe it's, a, you know, an optical shop, um, $50 gift card to go use in the optical shop, maybe it's a $5 Starbucks card, you know, you can get creative with that, but um, give your, your staff the authority that if that person's really upset, this might help ease their frustrations. That's really good advice. I think you, you touched on something, too, that resonates with me very much, um, but it's, it's really to validate the encounter. Yes. We've all, I'm sure you have too, because I know I have, um, where you're having a situation and your frustration is valid and there really is something that is upsetting you and the person on the other end just kind of checks out and yes. just smiles like that fake, <laughs> that Southern smile and says, bless your heart, you know, and it's yes. all you. Mm -hmm. So to really validate that and to make the patient feel, feel that, that they're being heard. Absolutely. So a lot of this kind of comes back to, just to touch on it, you know, customer service. You, you talked about booking the appointments, and that's so important. Um, but, you know, when you're backlogged three months and you're busy, and you know, sometimes the front desk person really doesn't care. But but we really should care, and we should really care about customer service. Can you tell us a little bit or talk a little bit about that? So customer service is really important because if you think of yourself when you go and buy 
a car, for example. You want to make sure that you're feeling comfortable with whoever you're dealing with. Um, you don't want to feel sold. You want to make sure that you are being understood with what your issues are. And customer service starts at that phone call. You want to make sure that they're they're having a great experience. And I think that's that's the turn. It's not just the customer service, oh, I'm doing my job, I'm getting this individual scheduled for their appointment, I've done it. You know, check it off the list. That's not the end. The end is when that patient is done with the procedure and they're happy and they're talking to their friends and family members because they have been just impressed with the experience that they had at your practice. That is where your customer service shines through. I love that. So let's get real for a minute, though. The fact is that some of us are understaffed. So, you know, what do we do if the office is just really busy or we are short-staffed and the front desk person is also answering the phones and you don't have a call center? And what are some of the things that a practice can do? So one of the first things, if you are that busy, and I know we're all understaffed right now, no one wants to work anymore, uh, but um, one of the things that you can do to alleviate the front desk is um, look at either instilling a phone tree into your phone situation there. Um, that will help bring the phones away from that front desk and allow people to, you know, be able to check in, check out. That and and whoever's at that front desk can take a little bit of a breather there. Um, the the phone tree, if you are going to do it, make it super simple for people to figure out where they need to go. Uh, you don't want to, especially the elective procedures out there. You know, make sure that those are one of the first um, prompts for individuals to take, so that they don't have to wonder where they're going within that phone tree. Uh, the other thing that um, I would like to say is, you know, when you are extremely busy, same thing goes back to dealing with angry patients. You also need to take a step back, take a breath, and understand that you are busy, yes, but don't let your patients know that. You know, don't don't have that frazzled look. Um, you know, don't be running around like crazy trying to go into one room and then the next room and the patients are seeing that you still need to develop um, that personal um, touch to them, but also in a professional manner. I think that's really good feedback. Sometimes it's easier said than done, mm -hmm. but the more that we talk about these things, you know, one of the, the points of the podcast was just that all of us are dealing with this. All Absolutely. of us. And if we can remind each other and have that sense of community and support each other, with these reminders mm -hmm. and these great advice and the different things that we can continue trying to be mindful of, you know, maybe, maybe one of our listeners will take this and do a staff training or, you know, look at fast track marketing for some advice on how to build that phone tree or right. how to, you know, just kind of bump it up a little bit. Um, you know, those are just good reminders. It's mm -hmm. good reminders for all of us. Tell us a little bit, you have referenced something called the 80-20 rule. Tell me about that. <laughs> the 80-20 rule means that you're supposed to listen 80% and talk 20%. And that's really important because a lot of us don't listen. We're already formulating our response in our mind as that other person's talking. And, you know, I can see, Ashley, you're nodding your head. Yes, I do that. Yep, absolutely. Yep, we all sure do. do. Yep. That's nature. But when we're talking about our patients and we want to make sure that we're giving the best patient care and the best experience, you really do have to truly listen to what those issues are. And um, I, I heard this one time that, you know, they didn't give us two ears and one mouth for any reason, right? You know, that means you need to listen more because you've got two ears and you're going to talk less. You're like, one mouth. Um, Absolutely. So that's the 80-20. 
Yeah, and I think that we rely so much on body language. So I think sometimes you you can kind of like assume what's going to be said. But you know, now with social distancing and virtual, you know, environments and Zoom, mm-hmm. I mean, how many people don't actually see what people are wearing on the bottom half of their body, <laughs> you know, right? in, in the world of Zoom. There's yes. more than the eye can see. So I think it's a really good reminder. Um, one of the other quotes I've heard you say was from Ernest Hemingway. Um, can you tell us a little bit? Oh, yeah. I, I believe it's uh, when people talk, nobody listens. Yeah. And that's, that's deep. I mean, think about that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are out there talking, but no one's really listening. I think it's a good reminder that there really is a difference between hearing and listening. Mm-hmm. Listening is when you have that, you know, that meaningful connection. A lot of us just aren't good listeners. Yeah. You have to become an active listener. Active. Mm-hmm. I like that word. Really, you know, be engaged, you know, ask questions um, when it's appropriate. Don't be rude and interrupt them. <laughs> uh, right. But, uh, you know, ask questions. You know, when you have a LASIK prospect that's calling into the practice you know, get them engaged, find out, you know, what, what prompted them to call that day? You know, what, um, how long have they been looking at the procedure? What are they looking forward to most after they have the procedure? All of those little items that you're, you're gathering those, uh, personal attributes there, those are going to help you in actually closing that patient for the actual procedure because you're creating that bond with them. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point too. The bond really, even if it's just a few moments mm-hmm. that really it crafts the rest of the, um, interaction with them. One of the other things that you've talked about is that through the phone skills training, you're also helping to, uh, empower, I guess, the staff with the knowledge that they need to yes. be able to fully help. You know, it's, it's almost like if you went to a restaurant and you asked a worker where the bathroom is, and if they didn't everyone know, know, everyone should know that. But yet in our medical practices, our front desk may not even know where their doctor went to medical school. They may not know what kind of services that doctor provides. Crazy. Isn't it great? How often do you see that? Do you see that quite a bit? I see that a lot. You know, your um, each one of your employees has their, their job title, their description of what they're supposed to be doing. And a lot of times, you know, that's all that they're, they're focused on. Um, they may have been trained at the very beginning, but they may have forgotten it. Um, when it comes to phones, every single person that's in your office should be able to answer the basic questions about all the procedures that you offer. You know, there's uh, common questions that everyone's going to ask about a procedure. That person that's answering the phone should be able to answer it. Uh, one of my um, big issues that I have is when, um, when you have a prospect that's calling, in the front desk or whoever is answering the phone answers it. They, um, they understand, Oh, you're here to talk about LASIK. Just one moment. I'll let you speak with, um, our counselor. And then they immediately put them on hold and transfer them to whoever the counselor is. And then the counselor is obviously seeing patients. So they're going to voicemail. Well, how likely are they going to not voicemail? They're not going to. So that person who's answering the phone should have came back and said, you know, I'm sorry. Our counselor is actually seeing a patient. Let me answer some questions for you. Let me and gather their contact information so that the counselor can then follow up with them. Yes. So even if they can't counsel the patient, at least still be a human 
Exactly. I'm so sorry. Can I take your name and phone number? Yes. And have them, yeah. That's, I think we're kind the of, basics. yeah. It's like what kiss, you know, kiss, the keep, yes. it, keep it simple. Um, I can share with you that in my own practice, we had a new employee recently within the last six months <laughs> tell a patient that we didn't do LASIK. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> laser is in our name. What kind of lasers do you think we're doing around here? Oh you know? <laughs> and it's just like, it was a good reminder though. Don't ever assume we right. literally have to educate these people when they, when they, you know, join your practice, they become part of your family, but it doesn't mean they know who you are. Right. They married into your, your, you know, dysfunctional family. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give them the lowdown of the last, you know, 15 years. So I think that one of the challenges and not to put you on the spot, but I'm always curious how a practice should answer this, but patients, sometimes they ask questions because they, they think they know why they're asking these questions but they really don't, they wouldn't know what to do with the information if they got it. Right. So that tends to me, in our experience with cornea, is it tends to be, well, how many cases has so-and-so done of this procedure? And I want to be like, do you even know what the answer means? You know, if I said five, do you feel good? If I said 50,000, do you feel good? (laughs) Like, what number are you going for? So they don't really know why they're asking it, but they're Mm -hmm. really trying to ask about the experience of the surgeon. Right. So how would you recommend that practices handle a question like that? Well, I think it's important for practices to understand, first and foremost, that the patient is not an expert. You're the expert. You have to become that expert on on everything that you do. The patients are only learning everything that they know from most likely the Internet, uh, friends and family members, social media, your website, um, which hopefully is uh, up to date with what you do as well. But um, so they don't have all the answers. They think that they have all these questions that they need to be addressing um, because that's what what the websites say. Um, So if you have um, a patient that comes in or uh, that calls in and they're wanting to know, you know, how many procedures has um, Dr. Smith done um, with this particular procedure? And let's say, you know, Dr. Smith is a new doctor, you know, um, that's a hard one. For sure, because they're qualified. Happens, they're right? experienced. They're qualified, yeah. but they don't have the, the actual physical experience within the practice or even in any practice, right? right? Um, so the way that I typically would answer that is, you know, our doctors have X amount of years of experience. Oh, good. That's good. Yes. Blend them. You blend them. Yeah. If you've got a doctor that's new, you always bring it back to, you know, more of a global. Our doctors... Yeah. I like that one. I'm going to use that one. (laughs) That's good. Um, So the last thing we'll touch on, and um, this is, I could, I could talk all day to you. I always tell Brandy, I think she has a radio voice. So thank you. Love. I love her voice. Um, But the last thing we'll touch on is the on hold messaging, because I just think that's so, I miss it, you know, and you don't realize because we're not listening to our own on hold. Right. So you forget you any minute you can have to maximize, whether it be educate, you know, tell them about your services Absolutely. or clarify information, you should take advantage of it. So tell us a little bit about what you recommend that patients or that practices do for their on hold. So um, there's a couple different things that you can do. Um, we recommend to do on hold messaging to cross promote your services because it's a great opportunity to showcase the other services that you offer, 
most patients will only come into you for one procedure and they don't really look at all the other offerings that you have. It's almost like they have blinders on. And then they walk out your door and you never see them again, or they come back in two years for another exam. So use that opportunity to cross promote those services, you know, and don't make it long, you know, 30 second increments are perfectly fine. Um, we, we find that, you know, doing a um, professional voice or essentially someone that has a nice voice, not robotic. Uh, we have um, a couple of practices that I will call periodically and I'm like, I just cringe when I hear the, the on hold messaging. I'm like, oh no. Uh, because it totally sounds robotic and it's it's not welcoming at all. Yeah. Um, you know, some practices will do music. I actually say don't do music and don't do nothing. Make sure it's on hold messaging so you're you're selling your services. Yeah, that's a good point too. Because you don't you also don't want to give them a way to kind of um, judge how long they've been on hold. Right. So I would imagine you should be careful about like a loop that you know, it has a start and finish, like that they're kind of measuring how long they've been waiting. So we actually recommend that you have a longer on hold message. Okay. Um, so typically we do 30 second increments for the procedures and we do about 10 of those. Okay. Um, we, um, we try to strive for practices to only keep practice or patients on hold for 30 seconds max. Yeah. And don't ever put them on hold more than once. Yeah. That's, oh, that's the a golden rule. Yeah. You know, because if, you know, think of yourself, you got, you got put on hold once, I'm sitting there for 30 minutes, I haven't even asked my question, and now you've got to answer, you know, someone else that's in front of you, you're putting me on hold again, I'm super frustrated now. Yeah. I don't even want to do business with you. Yeah. That's a really good reminder, too. Or you give your whole story, and then they put you on hold, someone else picks up, and you have to give your whole story again. Exactly. And then the cycle just continues, <laughs> and by now you've hung up and yes. you're done. Well, and you actually brought up a good point. You know, someone else picked up the phone, and they don't know where you're at, so you've got to tell your story again. Yeah. So one of the things that we um, try to um, instill into practices is that when you're back to, you know, asking those questions of what prompted you to come in today, you know, what are you looking forward to most, you know, all those questions, those personal questions, put it in a database somewhere so that when the next person picks up the phone, they can see, oh, this person, you're... You're going, your, your son's wedding's coming up. You're wanting to be out of classes for that. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we can do to get you scheduled. So carry that story forward. And a lot of practice management systems, I would imagine, have some kind of account note. Absolutely. Or somewhere they can record that. I don't that. think I've seen one that doesn't. It's yeah. just whether or not you're using them. Yeah, it's really good advice. Well, thank you for all of this. I think that this is just super helpful, you know, and, and on its surface, it seems, you know, simple phone. Of course, you should be nice on the phone, but there's so much to this topic and really there's is. so many ways to dig into it. Um, and I appreciate you walking us through several of those. For anyone who's interested in talking with you further or for reaching out to Fast Track Marketing, can you tell us how to reach you? Absolutely. You can call or text me at 303 731 2634, or you can always find us on our website, and that's fast-trackmarketing.com. Thank you, Brandy, so much for being here. It was a pleasure as always, and we will talk to you soon.